This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Adolescent Americans are facing challenges their predecessors never knew. They are being dunned by messages, snapshots, and Facebook factoids. Distractions are many, and temptations for immediate gratification abound. Many teenagers feel isolated, and some rebel against those doing the most for their future. Suicide is the third leading cause of death among those between the ages of 10 and 24. What is the answer? Last week, Claire Ansbury, writing in the Wall Street Journal, said teens need a sense of purpose. She cites the work of William Damon, director of the Center on Adolescence at Stanford University and the author of a profoundly insightful book, The Path to Purpose, How Young People Find Their Calling in Life. I have William Damon with me on the Education Exchange today. Bill, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Paul. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Bill, you've done a lot of studies of teenagers and their purposes. Um, what percentage of them are you finding have a clear sense of purpose? A clear sense of purpose, a full sense of purpose among teenagers is relatively rare. We find about one in five, about 20%, and that's consistent with data that are coming in from all parts of the world, uh, from measures that we developed. But I think that it's important to say that the remaining uh, parts of the population, of the teenage population, uh, most of them are moving towards a sense of purpose. So it's not as if uh, it's an all or nothing thing for most young people. Purpose is a capacity that needs to be developed, and it's a very late developing capacity. So by the time of the end of adolescence, it's not to be expected that the majority would be fully purposeful. So how do you know when a teenager is purposeful? What, how, what's your particular set of indicators that, that, that help you decide that? There are three uh, criterion that are essential. One is that they show some commitment to some long-term goal. Uh, long-term means something beyond, let's say, uh, getting a good grade on the test tomorrow or getting a date for the prom. Uh, long-term means something that you would commit to. Uh, maybe um, you want to go into medicine and learning to uh, master biology and the kinds of prerequisites for that. So you've got a career outline for yourself. That, that's one idea. Right. You've got something, some future long, far-horizon goal that you're, that you're committed to and you're doing the early preparation for it. The second uh, criterion is that it has to be meaningful to you. It has to be something that you yourself believe in. So, what if it's making money? Well, uh, the, the third is, <laughs> that gets to the third, which is that it, it's not all about you. Uh, that was, in fact, the first line of Rick Warren's famous book, The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, it's not all about you. Uh, and so there, is, there has to be something beyond the self that, uh, that is of consequence to the world beyond the self, something that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and so simply trying to make yourself happy or uh, entertain yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, in fact, we all need, need self-oriented goals in life. But that's not purpose. Purpose is something a little bit more transcendent. Well, what if there's somebody who's wanting to be the best baseball player in the, in, in the school and wants sure. to be the best pitcher? Is that 
Is that purposeful? It, it depends. You have to ask the why question. That's the, in fact, that's the famous, uh, the psychologist that introduced the idea was Viktor Frankl. And uh, he was an Austrian psychiatrist that wrote a famous book in the mid-20th century called Man's Search for Meaning. And he said it's the why question. It's, it's why you do it. So if the young person is, uh, is committed to the sport, is committed to being a, a great basketball player and perhaps even uh, invested in the team and is part of the uh, school spirit and all of that, that could very well be an early sign of purposefulness. But if it's all about me, if it's all about my status, my enjoyment, uh, again, those are goals that are legitimate, but purpose is a very special kind of goal that brings its own benefits. And that's why we have a word, a special word dedicated to that. It's not the same as other goals. So there's a lot of talk these days about social-emotional learning. That, that schools are, there's a lot of research going on in this area. Oh, yeah. And uh, are, are you part of that? Or do you see your work as part of that undertaking? It's tangentially related in some ways because I care very much about social capacities. But I am more in the camp of character, character strengths. And I believe that the important thing for young people is to develop social skills in a way that that evinces good character. And so it's not just a matter of how to get along with people, how to get along with people in a way that's trusting, that's honest, that's compassionate, that's fair. So, so not, those you're not my... getting along with people just to manipulate exactly. them. Exactly. You've got to be uh, open to them and, and willing to share with them. Exactly. I, and I think sometimes the social-emotional learning people uh, ignore the uh, the downside of just being able to uh, move skillfully in the social world if it's not done with some uh, some sense of character, some sense of, of uh, as I said, trust and honesty and so on. So you're saying that only 20% have this, but you're saying a lot of people are would would like to be in some way. Well, so so here's yeah. here's the the real the real point or the data. Twenty percent are fully purposeful, and that's impressive for young people. About sixty percent are on their way. They're either busy and doing a lot of things, but they haven't totally committed, or or it, a lot of the things they're doing aren't meaningful. Uh, and those are sometimes the young people with great resumes, but that uh, get very stressed out because they don't really invest themselves in what they're doing. Another portion are young people with great dreams, and they know what they would like to do, but they haven't actually gone ahead and done anything. But the, these young people, both of those camps, are moving. They're hopefully the dreamers, we call, the ones with great dreams, will get active, and the ones who are active will find meaning in something. But about 25% of the population, or 20 to 25%, are what we call drifters, and they have not found any goals that they care about at all. And so they are neither active nor dreaming. And those, those are, are the, the ones that the headlines are about, I guess. Those are the ones we worry about, right. Yeah. So, but now this, this, uh, this middle group, uh, how do you move people from that group to purposeful? I mean, what are, what, what are the, how do young people become yeah. purposeful? And, and that's something I think education can play a role in. A school can play a role in that. Uh, because here's what's needed. Uh, all young people who end up purposeful have observed some purposeful adult, somebody that they admire, and they see what purpose looks like. 
and the benefits it brings. Schools can model that, teachers can model that, or introduce young people to heroes, to George Washington, or you know, people that have been purposeful, that they give the, give the young person a flesh and blood image of what that life is like. Do you think we have too critical a curriculum now? Are teachers just criticizing the past all the time instead of finding in the past the great heroes? Abraham Lincoln yeah. no longer has the stature that he once had. We used to see his picture yeah. up on the wall along with George Washington. Are, are we missing that in our schools today? You've read my mind on that, Paul. Uh, that's something I've uh, thought many times, that critical thinking, critical thinking is important in life, and I don't want to disparage it totally, but it should not be the sole aim of education. And too much critical thinking, exactly as you say, undermines the most important thing in development, which is to have some positive attachment to something you believe in and find something worth dedicating yourself to. And I do worry it about the way history, for example, is taught or humanities for exactly the reason you just said. How about religious institutions? How, how important are they? Are, are um, purposeful young people often religious? What's the, what's the relationship between purposefulness and religiosity? We find about 15% of our purposeful young people uh, being religiously oriented in the sense of that their number one purpose is to serve God. Uh, and interestingly, there was a Gallup poll from something like 1922 that found about 15% of the population way back then uh, had that kind of devout sense. So, so religion and faith is certainly a great source of purpose, but it is a source of purpose for a minority of the, of the population. And a minority of the purposeful. That's right. Although I will, will say one thing. People have and do have multiple purposes. So you can have a, a purpose that's vocationally uh, driven, and that could be your primary purpose, but you might also have, per, have faith as a major purpose or family, raising children. Uh, as, especially as we grow as adults, we take on, uh, and that's healthy, uh, multiple purposes. Well, I always feel like people really become purposeful when they have a child. Yeah, or, or meet the real world. Having a child is one big way to do it. And getting a real job that you get uh, dedicated to and responsible for. So that's why a lot of people don't really become purposeful in the adolescent years until they go out there in life and take on a real adult role. That's when the majority of people become purposeful. Well, then is this something to worry about? I mean, maybe it's not really part of teenage culture to be purposeful, and so, but everybody will make it through that period, and eventually they will become uh, responsible well, adults. Well, no, from a developmental point of view, uh, as we say in developmental science, something is not growing out of nothing. That's a famous uh, Heinz Werner uh, quote about human development. So you want to establish the foundations. Purpose is a capacity, like math or, or, or any skill or any capacity. And the foundations are developed by early experience, uh, doing household chores that are meaningful, organizing a school stickball team, uh, helping out around uh, a, a work site or something like that. So it is important that young people at least begin the early stages of purpose uh, as soon as possible. This is Paul Peterson speaking on the Education Exchange with William Damon, director of the Center on Adolescence at Stanford University. Uh, Bill, there's a lot of talk about grit. They, we, mm -hmm. we need for students in school to have grit. 
to, that's that we haven't done enough to to in, in, get students to be you know really willing to study hard and work yeah. hard and be nice. So that's sort of the KIPP philosophy. So yeah. how do you see your concept of purposefulness fitting in with that? Purpose is related to grit. To grit. Uh, in fact, we have just completed a study with Angela Duckworth, who is the, uh, who's the hero of grit research. Uh, and I would say that purpose is a way into grit. Grit is very hard to... Uh, foster in other people. Uh, it's, a, it's a real character strength that requires habits and diligence and work over time. And the motivation for getting involved in things in a way that builds grit comes directly from being purposeful. If you really care about something and believe in it, you will work hard to develop the skills and ability and knowledge to do it well and persist. And so persistence is a part of purpose. It's an outcome of purpose. And that's what eventually plays into the developing grit. I do think grit is important. And uh, it's something that individuals need to develop on their own. But they do it in a way, I think, that's, uh, that's at least facilitated by purposeful engagements. Well, I, I can imagine you get criticism that your ideas have a, a class bias, that it's easy for the children of the rich to acquire a purpose, to organize a charity, to do things for others because their parents will help give the money so that they can do all of that. And, but if you come from a poor household, you're just basically out there trying to survive. Well, I, I don't want to um, under, uh, underplay how difficult some people's lives are who don't have resources, but our data Actually, we, we collect data from every demographic, and we find that same percentage of, uh, of purposeful youth, which is about one in five, coming from very disadvantaged communities. Uh, and they are, these young people are dedicated. They're, uh, they're engaged in, with their families. They're engaged in school. And so uh, I think it's, we have not found uh, um, a, uh, a trend favoring affluent young people in, in how purposeful young people are. You can be just as likely to be purposeful if you come from a poor family. At least that's what family. our data, that's what our data indicate, yes. And if you think of the history of this country and how many uh, young people have, have excelled from all kinds of backgrounds, really, uh, you, you would say this should not be such a surprise. Well, what are some examples in your data, though, of, that, of, of kids from poor families? What are they doing that, that shows that they have this well, kind of purposefulness? One, one girl, just to give you an example, a girl from a rural area, area in, um, in, in the South, uh, saw her dad dumping tractor oil on the ground and had learned in school about the water table. And so she and a pal from a neighboring farm got together and formed uh, an organization that lobbied the state legislature to, uh, to provide recycling bins to all the farms. And, and she, they, they won. They actually got, the, uh, they got a hearing. They got these can, uh, recycling bins. And, uh, and that was a purposeful engagement that then got her interested in, in, in agriculture and environment and went on to college and so on. And this was a this was a young person without really uh, who would not be considered uh, a um, affluent middle class young person. 
Well, I'm sure all admissions officers at uh, uh, elite colleges uh, agree with you completely because they always ask for what is your purpose. Uh, they want people to t explain that to them when they apply to their college or university. Um, right. Are we just getting uh, pseudo-purposefulness from, from a lot of young people? It's possible, uh, and I think a lot of admissions committees are saying, am I going to read the parents' fine hand print on this too, the parents writing these statements. But I, I still think it's a valuable thing to do uh, because it, it sends a message to applicants that this is important, and it's not all about your grade point average. It's also about whether you believe in what you're doing, whether you have long-term goals, whether you're committed to something that is uh, beyond the self in some way, and w whether or not the students do a genuine job of actually writing something they believe in. At least it, it draws their attention to the right to the right things and I think a lot of students actually are I mean I don't want to I don't want to get too cynical I think a lot of the statements are genuine so I think you've uh, sort of answered this but let me ask it directly so do you see that there's a, a trend in the direction of more purposefulness among young people has been uh, have been the scary headlines that we've seen lately uh, off the mark, or how, how would you look at the overall trends from I, all your studies? I, th I think that you, I think yes, the, the headlines are sensationalistic, they're meant to draw attention and worry people uh, to get readership, and they overplay the negative and underplay how many assets, in a sense, uh, young people today are bringing to their lives. And I do think there's a lot of idealism, there's a lot of purposefulness. Uh, I think there's also, unfortunately, young people who are floundering, and they need attention and need opportunities. But I think that the population as a whole, there's, there's a lot to be hopeful about in, in the youth population today. Well, is this something the schools can have a policy about, or is this just up to teachers? Is it one student at a time, one teacher at a time? Or can you do something larger, create a framework that encourages this within the schoolhouse? I think both. Uh, I think uh, when it comes down to it, it certainly is one teacher at a time, and it's an individual matter of how the teacher connects with the students and listens to the students and coaches them. But I think that school policies can make a huge difference in allowing teachers to have that space, rewarding teachers for that, giving them the message that this is what teachers should be doing. And I think, unfortunately, uh, the major educational policies that have come down from um, the big foundations in the government in the last uh, couple of decades have gone counter to that trend and have, have tied teachers' hands behind their back or made them feel they don't have time or space to do this. So I think that, that we can give teachers the mandate to do this and, and the space and appreciation for doing it. When it comes down to it, the teacher himself or herself has to have that vision, that energy, and, and that's but, what but makes it But there must be some examples of really great schools out there that have... Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I, could, I could name them, but I hate to give a list because I would leave some people off the list. But there are great uh, independent schools, fabulous independent schools, great charter school networks, great religious schools, and a number of public schools. Uh, th there's even a, uh, an, initi an ini initiative these days um, called Dream Directors, uh, run by the Future Project, that goes into, the, into big, tough uh, high schools and provides guidance counselors for young people, for students, 
to uh, to marshal the students' strength and guide them into their search for purpose. So there's great things happening uh, in school systems all over the country, but they have been uh, a bit um, counter to the major governmental policies uh, that we've had in the last 10 or so years. Well, thank you, uh, Bill, for joining me on the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. I've been speaking with William Damon, director of the Center on Adolescence at Stanford University and the author of The Path to Purpose. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Paul. I enjoyed it. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.